0: Awesome. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Man, I'm exhausted from the game that Jacob had me play. We played elbow tag, and the thing about being popular, uh, which I didn't know I was because I'm homeschooled and new to the concept, uh, the thing about being popular is you get tagged a lot or you get picked on a lot. So people just walk up and make me run, which is not fun in jeans. Uh, So thanks, Jacob. And then, you ma- and then you brought me up here to s- play a stage game. I was really worried that you, you were going to call me to run, because I was like, eh, no, thank you. Anyhow, um, guys, I called, a, I called tre- well, Trevor. Trevor Patteno called me the other day. And uh, I, l- I love Trev. I love that you guys are cheering for him, even though he's not here. That's how you know you've hit, like, awesomeness. Uh, so Trevor called me the other day. I was in my car. I was getting ready to play disc golf, but I had some free time, and he called me. And, uh, and, you know, he's just telling me about life, uh, telling me about his experience at college, and it made me think, like, man, I miss him, um, and it made me, like, kind of reminisce on, like, the good old days, and I, I thought of, there's a scene in the office where Andy says, I wish you could know when the good old days have passed before they've passed, um, and talking to Trevor made me realize that these are the good old days being with you guys, talking up here, and being able to see you guys smile, seeing see you guys worship with your hands raised, playing dodgeball, getting hurt, and laughing it off, and I love it. Um, so I just, I really appreciate you guys, and what want you to know that this is, these are the good old days, so enjoy them. And uh, yeah, speaking of awesome, uh, Cole and Courtney killed it. They, they did great. Like I always say, love seeing new people up here, and Levi's haircut looks legendary. <laughs> anyway, I just had to get those things out of the way before I, before I start. Um, we are starting a new series. We just ended the scoreboard series, and Sarah fixed the scoreboards. Now it looks a little bit better. We had seven salvations. <laughs> it's awesome. The, ba- the baptisms haven't been updated yet because we haven't actually baptized anyone. We're, we're doing that on November 20th, I believe. Um, so once that happens, we will change that number. And we have 23 disciples. That number is actually higher, but that's just who showed up. Uh, we have people who signed up and people who haven't signed up who showed up. So 23 disciples, that is awesome. <laughs> but now we're, now we're beginning a new series. It's called Fear, Fear Not. It talks about the the moments in the Bible where it says when you should fear and when you shouldn't fear. Um, and so just kind of starting out, I, one thing I did last night, or the other night, I was reading my Bible and I was like, oh man, I should, I should study a little bit more for the, the fear, fear, and out lesson. And I, I came up over to here. This is called a concordance. I was going to have a slide for it, but I don't. This is a concordance. That's a new word for me. I'm homeschooled. I don't know if it's a new word for you. Uh, but this is a concordance that has a word, so if you want to do the word on, like, fellowship, you can just come back here, and it has some of the many words, some of the many times that fellowship is mentioned in the Bible. Really good for, like, studying your Bible. And so I did that with fear, and I found a lot of contrast. I found a lot of of fears, and I found a lot of do-not fears. Um, So I'm just going to go over some of them, and then I'm going to go over the fear aspect of it tonight. So, it first starts out, um, there's Proverbs nine ten. You guys have probably heard this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All right, some people said it, so they're wise. Uh, and then there's a couple other times that it mentions in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and then the fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. So, you kind of got these things that the fear of the Lord is a good thing. But, we also see that fear is a bad thing in contrast in, in some of the later chapters. Mark says, do not fear, only believe. So we, we had fear, and now don't fear. And it says, there's, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So, if you do have fear, then you're not perfected in love. So it's like, but also the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What's up with that? It says again in Psalm 118.6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So he's saying, don't be afraid because God is with you. So you have fear. Don't fear. Why? What's the difference? Well, a couple a couple of months ago, I talked about love. and I talked about the different forms of love. I talked about how English is a mediocre language. And uh, I talked about how there's agape, which is like perfect love. And then there's like the kind of sentimental love. You have romantic love. You have all these kind of different types of love. And I would say there's, it's pretty similar in fear. But when we see the word fear in the Bible, and it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the fear that we're talking about there is actually like the fear of reverence, like the fear of respect, of awe. That's the fear that you get when like, when I was younger, my dad, okay, my dad is in construction. He has huge biceps, huge forearms. For my whole life, he's always been, like, you know, shredded. Uh, and so when I was younger, it was even more so because, like, my, I look at my arms, and I'm like, that's a noodle. Look at his arms, be like, that's the size of a two by four. All right, got it. Um, and so I'd look at his arms, and I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be in awe. I'd be, like, amazed at the fact that his arms are so big. And I wasn't scared of him. I wasn't fearful of him because I knew he loved me, but I also knew that he was really strong, and if he wanted to, that he he might hurt me. You know, I remember walking up, I was walking around Safeway, or one time I was stuck on a bridge with, uh, it was like a fair thing, and I was on this bridge with all these other people, this big scary guy. Basically the same muscles as as my dad, but I didn't know him. I didn't know if he loved me. So that that fear of awe and respect and reverence was now a fear of please don't kill me. Uh, So that's kind of the difference there. And so the fear that we have of God is a fear of reverence, a fear of respect, and a fear of awe where we're inspired by it. So the more we, but the more we know God, the more we know about his love, about how big his arms are, about how strong he is, how powerful he is, the more we realize how awesome He is. Guys, God is so awesome. God, God is the same God that Jesus, when He woke up, He rebuked the winds and the sea, and the storm just calmed down. Like, that's awesome. If you could just tell the storm to be quiet, that would be awesome. We live in Washington. That would be a blessing. Um, he also uh, just walked on water, because that's a cool thing to do. That's awesome. That's super cool. That's inspiring. He rose from the dead, I don't know anyone that can do that except for Jesus. He provided Bibles. This Bible that we have, do not take it for granted. This is a blessing. We have been given it it by God. God has kept it for us. This was written almost 2,000 years ago, and we have it today on our phones. Easy access. There's some back there. You can just grab one if you want one. And like, the ease of access that we have in the Bible is awesome because God has done that. One of my favorite stories in the Bible of, like, how awesome God is, is the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. This is, this is a cool story, guys. So the, the story is, like, Elijah, he's a prophet in the Old Testament, and he's on this mountain, and he's just kind of standing up there with some prophets of Baal, and he says, build an altar. So he, he built an altar, and the prophets of Baal build an altar. Baal is like a false god. And so, and so they build, they both build an altar. And so Elijah says, all right, you do whatever you need to do to get your God to strike that altar and l- have it light fire. And so they do all sorts of things. Day and night, day and night, day and night. They just are dancing. They're doing all sorts of things. They're cutting themselves, trying trying to scream at God and try to get him to light this fire. Nothing happens. And Elijah even says, oh, come on, maybe, maybe dance a little bit more, or scream a bit louder. Does all this stuff. Nothing happens. And then it's his turn, and he And he says, you know what? It's been dry for a long time. That's another story. It's been dry for a long time. What if, like, maybe it just happens to catch on fire? Who knows? Maybe someone, like, flicks a cigarette and it just got really lucky. Who knows, you know? So let's pour some water on it. And so they pour some water. And he's like, do it again. Pour some more water on it. Do it again. Pour some more water on it. And so they keep pouring water on it to the point where there's this, like, moat around the altar. And then he's he's like, God, if it's your will, if you want to show yourself in this moment, do it, and strike this altar with fire. And not only does God strike the altar with fire, he, he burns up the stone. Guys, he burns stone. That's, you don't do that, okay? Like, that's insane power. And so the prophets of Baal are like, okay, okay, maybe he is the God. And then they all, you know, die. But anyway, <laughs> that's just like such an awesome move on God's part. Just like, hey, these guys, they think they have power, but actually, God has power. Let me show it to you. I think that is an awesome momentous occasion of God's power. Another moment is Gideon. Um, Gideon, I think I've told this story a couple times. Love this story. Gideon was, was going to battle, and God basically says, hey, you have too many soldiers. This is already like a 10 to 1 fight. Not good odds. And so, God's like, hey, you have too many soldiers. Let's make it like a 20 to 1 fight. And then does it, you know, he's like, okay, okay, sure, you know. And then he's like, oh man, maybe maybe I have too many soldiers still. And then it just gets worse and worse odds for him. And then he ends up destroying the battle. Like that's awesome. Like that's an underdog story of underdog stories. Normally when you see like an underdog story, you see a football team and then like one guy gets really, really strong and goes from like bad to really, ghoul, really cool and really awesome. This is more like you have a whole football team who's like, okay, against a really, really good football team, and the really good football team is like, let's get weaker and then we'll still beat them. Like, that's, that's how that went out. That's awesome. That should inspire awe. So when we see the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's talking about awe, the inspire that we have. It's supposed to be Awesome. Another thing, and this is the first thing that God did was, that was awesome, or at least that we know of, God created the universe. Every, t- every time you guys go outside and you look at a tree, you'll be like, hmm, God made that. Every time you look at a mountain, God made that. Every time you look at anything, God made it. Every time you look at someone else, God made that person. Scientists still can't understand the brain. I mean, it's like, like you, can, you can do a pretty good job and, and, like, try to grasp it, but, like, not really. I mean, it's so complex. And, and people give credit to random chance. God made the brain. It is so awesome and so insanely cool. This is something that we are supposed to be inspired about, so supposed to be in awe about. So don't, don't, be, don't be afraid of God, but be inspired by God. One of the, one of the things I think of when I think of God being awesome is this church. You know, I love you guys. Like I, like I mentioned at the beginning, God, God, before years and years ago, before I was even born, knew that he was gonna, you know, bring me to this church years and years ago, and have me come here as a student, and eventually me, you know, graduate here, go off to college, and then come back and work here as an intern, then come back and work as an assistant. That's just such a blessing to know that God had this whole thing planned out years ago, before, before I was even born, before in the foundation of the world. That's wild, guys. God's biceps are huge. God, God is a strong God. He is, he is not Baal. He is He is a strong God. So, if God is so good, if God is so strong, and if God is so powerful, and we're supposed to revere him, supposed to be in awe of him, if your dad said, hey, can you do this thing for me? Asked you really, really sincerely, does all those thing, things for you, and he asked you really sincerely, hey, can you take out the trash? You're, you should take out the trash. So we should do the same thing if God, a bit stronger than my dad, uh, Asked you to keep his commandments. The Bible says, "If you if you love me, you will keep my commandments." We should be keeping God's commandments because we love God, because we're, we respect Him, we revere Him, and we're in awe of Him. Next week, we're going to talk about some more fear. This is kind of the fear of the the believers. Next week, we're going to go over the fear that you, you probably should have, the moments the moments where you should be afraid and the moments where God is a cool God, but he's also a powerful God, and you don't want to be on the other end of that lion. That's all I'm saying. So, if you love God, you'll keep his commandments. If you revere God, you respect God, if you're in awe of God, the same God that made you, me, this church, the buildings around us, the everything, if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. Amen? Amen means I agree. Amen? Yeah. I like it. Alright, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you. We are grateful for your word. We're grateful for the fact that you are awesome. We thank you that you're here for us in everything we do. And we're thankful for the things you've provided us. In Jesus' name pray. Amen.